Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Rundown Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. For listening to this, the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I'm joined by Tyrese. Knicks lose one sixteen to one hundred two to the Boston Celtics. Um, yes, but before we get started, of course. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mo- your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here <clears throat> we've also got a great new sponsor i love betting with my friends and betting with them on anything sports games who's fast that's what cut allows me to do the cut app is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's legal in 40 plus states cut has customizable odds tracking capabilities and an entire social network with group chats user profiles and rewards all payments no need for venmo <clears throat> Use our promo code BLEAVNIX, that's B-L-E-A-V, NIX, for a 10% welcome deposit bonus. Don't forget that promo code, that's BLEAVNIX. Cut, put your money where your mouth is. All right. <clears throat> Knicks lose this game. It was a very annoying game because, like, first of all, we're already shorthanded three players, three starters, three very important players, two defensive player of the year type players and an all NBA forward in Randall. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we kind of knew what we were getting into with the Celtics, the Celtics, they shoot a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes, um, especially against us this year. It seems like even more than other teams, but that's what happened tonight. Um, you know, the Knicks, Jalen Brunson did all he could. He finished with, I want to say 34 points, nine assists. Yep. But it still wasn't enough for against the Celtics team. I mean, this team just didn't have enough going for them. We didn't have enough shooting luck on our side. They had all the shooting luck on their side. Um, I mean, guys like Bogdanovich, who had like six threes the last game, had like, what, two threes tonight or a one three? Like, he didn't do much today. Um Alec Burks basically gave you nothing. Like, his contributions to this basketball game were... Nothing of the positive kind. Um, and Precious Achua didn't give us the same, you know, 18 and 11 that he gave us the last game. Um, you know, granted, it's against a much tougher opponent. But, you know, these are just things that, you know, if we're not getting consistent level of play from these guys who, are, again, we're overextending due to injuries, then, you know, this is the result of uh, of those things, you know? Yeah, I just... It's hard to get mad about a game like this, given the quality of the opponent and the quality of the team that we're running out there right now. Like this is your the tread water part of the season until everybody gets healthy. We heard about like Julius hopefully being back mid March. That's what they said in the ESPN broadcast, and OG should be coming back fairly soon. Um, according to Woj. But like yeah, it's kinda hard to get worked up about like losing to the Boston Celtics. Um, just given the state of the team right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this team is this team is shorthanded. We kind of knew what we were getting into with this um with 
the way this team is set up right now, I mean, even with the acquisitions at the deadline, it's still, you know, you're still putting guys in positions that they're not really meant to be in. Like you're still overextending guys. Like, you know, guys like Dante DiVincenzo is someone who's a prime example of someone that's just overextended. And, you know, you see, you see in some of these games where like, you know, he just doesn't have the juice anymore. Um, because he's been overextended in all these other games, you know, Bogdanovich hit 60s last game, um, doesn't hit much tonight. It's just like, you know, when you're trying, when you're expecting, um, I guess, above level play from these guys, it's just not going to be there every night because just that's just not who they are as players. Like they're not consistently like this or else they'd be, you know, billed as such higher tier performers, but that's not who they are. Um, you know, shout out to what DiVincenzo and all the other guys have given us throughout this stretch. But, you know, like like you said, Tyrese, we're just trying to tread water at this point because especially against opponents like the Celtics, um, who are the best team in the, in the league. Um, and, you know, when they're shooting like the way they were today, it's just like you can't – there's nothing you can do against that. Like the only thing you can do is hope that guys like Bogdanovich, Burks, DiVincenzo – hit their shots and tonight it just wasn't the case. So just got to tip your hat and move on from there. Yeah. It's just like, it also doesn't help that like, even the guys that are playing are banged up, like Hartenstein with the Achilles, DiVincenzo with the, uh, uh, I believe it's his hamstring. And then like, again, Bogey dealing with that injury as well. Um, I also kind of feel like, you're seeing the limitations of Hartenstein as a defender. Like, I know the numbers look really sexy, but he just does not have the athletic ability to keep up with the Celtics the way that Mitch does. And that's why, like, even if we're going to give up threes, Mitch is, like, better for paint protection. Um, Yeah, it's just, like, they went 9 of 11 from 3 and a quarter. That's kind of the game. Yeah, and we we didn't have anything to <clears throat> combat that. Like, you know, Jalen Brunson was working his ass off to get like barely open looks for himself and for other people on the team. Like, yeah, it just it just came down to that. And like, you know, I know everyone has like their thoughts about like things that Thibs or anyone else could have done, but like when a team is just gonna like spam threes and just hit them at like video game um at video game percentages like nothing you could do like every single three they threw up i was just like all right whatever like like it's like it's it's like literally like like there's nothing the knicks could have done because like personnel wise we don't have the personnel to really combat that like you know and yeah that's just what the celtics do and we kind of knew that coming into this game too so yeah, like, you can't get mad at a team. Again, like, the Celtics are the best team in the fucking NBA. The idea that, like, oh, no, like, could it have been better in the macro? Absolutely. But, like, there's just some shit you can't control. Like, they're a good team for a reason, you know? But it is annoying to lose this game. It's always annoying to lose to the Celtics. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You think I want to say you're talking about a, a, a another L to the Celtics? That's like all we've talked about every time we play the Celtics on here. Yeah, like uh, last and, year, and, and, and every time it's the same script. 
It's the same script. They hit a million threes, and we can't do anything about it. And we, I don't think we've played them with, like, our team fully fleshed out. Like, with, what you call it, with OG and, and all that. No, we so haven't. Like, we, we didn't play them with um, OG. And, like, I know, I, 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 I've seen Celtics fans talk on the timeline, like, oh, you know, OG hasn't done anything, you know, against, like, Tatum or whatever. But, like, it makes a huge difference when it's OG Ananobi versus Josh Hart guarding Jason Tatum. I'll say that. Like, it makes a huge difference. Also, like, I get that Precious has been playing really well, but, like, that guy looked fucking shook. He's also overextended. Yeah, like, he's definitely overextended. It's like he's been playing, like, fucking 38 minutes a night. 40 minutes a night, basically. And you're asking him to guard, like, what, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum tonight? Like, yeah. And you're also asking him to like do stuff offensively, like make decisions and stuff like that. Like he's getting overextended because he's not supposed to be playing that kind of role. Like it's the Knicks are going to be treading water. That's really all this is all this is going to be. So it's like you hope you can win the games, you can win, maybe steal a couple here and there. But like honestly, it's looking like as long as they finish as a top four seed, like you'll take it. Yeah. <clears throat> um i mean yeah i mean we can go through the the box score i guess and and talk about each different player but like i mean there's really um not really much to really get into um i mean i will get through some of these comments as well so make sure you guys leave some comments um i know this is the most exciting game to talk about um but you know we'll make it work um you know, I'll give I'll give some props to Josh Hart. Um, since the All Star break, he's definitely been he looks more energized, rejuvenated, confident, whatever word you want to say. Um, he had sixteen, eight, and six tonight. Um, six to ten from the field, two for two or five from the um, three point. You know, just looks. He just looks like the Josh Hart that we acquired last year, and you know that's that's good to see. Hopefully, he can continue this. Um, and, you know, if we continue to play like this when we get everybody else back and, you know, the team is fully healthy, fully fleshed out, you know, that just makes us that much more, you know, deadly, I think, in the playoffs if he can continue to um, use his momentum going forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. I honestly wish I had more thoughts, man. I really do not. But, like... Josh Hart playing his ass off is good to see. He might just be one of those like post All Star game kind of dudes. Like I think Josh Hart coasts his ass off throughout the season. I think he's been especially coasting now that like he went to the playoffs last year. He played in Team USA. Like you hear the guy talk, and he's just like I'm coasting. And it's a lot of mileage on his body. Yeah, and he's also been like playing the power forward, and you're asking him to like guard two to four sometimes even ones it's just like the dude is basically being asked to like play a swiss army knife and like that's probably shortchanging it and then you're also asking him to like give you stuff like offensively because he's now like let's say realistically he's like the fourth option like he's probably the fourth option right now so like on offense yeah when everybody's fully healthy 
No, like we're not when everybody's fully healthy. I think he's the fourth option right now, given the team constraints. Like you're not gonna ask Precious or Isaiah to score. Um, who's who's one and two? I mean, who's who's two and three? I mean, right now I'd say it's obviously Divincenzo, and then like take your pick of who's hot for Burks, Bogey, whatever. Like most nights, he's like the third, fourth option, and that's never where you want Josh Hart to be. So. Yeah. Um, Con, your thoughts on tonight's game? We 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 basically spoke about how the Celtics hit a million threes, and the Knicks really didn't have anything to really fight back against that. Yeah. Um, OG Ananobi plays in this game. Jalen Brown's not doing half that shit. And um, I also think if OG Ananobi plays. The Celtics don't get nearly as much penetration as they did in this game. And I think a lot of the Hartenstein discourse that I've seen on Twitter during during and after the game, um, just talking about his limitations as a rim protector, it, it, like you, everybody's going to click shit when nobody can stop the ball, right? So I know, but also like... You could see his athletic. Like I get it, he's he's still like working his way back from injury. But like as an, athlete, I think he's still hurt. Honestly, he is. He's absolutely still hurt. Like, he's. I think he's still hurt. hurt. He's just like he's just like grinding it out because he knows like the team has no one else to play. Like he, yep. he knows that we're throwing Jericho Sims out there if he's not playing. True, but also I do think that like you're seeing the fact that he isn't that much of like like he's not a twitch athlete. I think he's a strong dude, but he's not like, you can't ask him to like do some stuff where it's like, you need to move more on the perimeter and that's never been his game. So, and like as a rim protector, he's like really good at like blocking shots. It's kind of like Noel where it's like, he's good at blocking shots and you don't shoot at the rim against them, but like, he's not that imposing force for teams. Don't just like alter shots. Like he doesn't alter shots with like defensive gravity. That's what Mitch does. So like you're looking at him protect the rim and it's like, he's not, if you can get past him, he's not a good rim reflector. And like that's a shitty ass way to phrase it, but like what I'm saying is essentially like if you can like break him down, he doesn't protect the rim as well. But like with Mitch, there is recovery that's like just elite. He has elite recovery, the ability to like second, third jump, stuff like that. I don't think you're wrong. I'm my point is solely that he for for lack of a better term, like was kind of getting exposed, air quotes around exposed tonight. And it's, to me, like, it, are those things that you said true? Yeah. But to me, it's also like there was multiple, you know, drive, kick out, drive again, every possession, like three or four drives to the rim every possession. And I don't care if it's Mitch or if it's Hardenstein, The The difference I think Mitch would have made, especially in a game like today where – Tatum is like low key one of the most ridiculous foul baiters in the league on drives, in my opinion. Like he has that that go up and then extend your arms out, move down pat. He fucking spams that shit. Um, like I thought Hornstein was disciplined in contests, and I don't know if Mitch would have been as disciplined. And I'm not over here trying to sound like a Mitch hater. Like I promise I'm not, but I just think the Hornstein stuff is overblown for today. I think there was a lot on his plate. Um. And having to do that while being conscious of KP from three is just impossible. So. Well, he, he, he well he was also he, he had to double a bunch. Um, I mean the, the whole team had to double a bunch today on the perimeter just because like no one really could have 
really could stay in front of their guy. Yeah. And the doubling caused the breakdowns, which caused the open threes. And the Celtics literally could not miss in the third quarter from three. Um, wish they had their fourth quarter shooting performance in the third quarter instead, because like fourth quarter, they couldn't hit a three to save their life. Like we couldn't, but you yeah. know, but that was a ridiculous shooting performance. And part of that was the defensive breakdowns in that they were, I mean, we had to double a bunch on the perimeter because again, that's where OG and Anobi helps a bunch where he's able to shut a lot of stuff down and guys like Josh Hart and DiVincenzo, they're not overly taxed. Um, they're able to play those passing lanes and they probably would have got a bunch of steals today, most likely. Um, Cause like, I know I saw a bunch of Celtics fans that are like, Oh, you know, OG, OG doesn't move the needle. Cause you know, Jay, Jason, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they've, they've killed him a bunch of times, whatever the case may be. But like the impact is like OG, he may not, like stop those guys completely, but like he bothers them enough to where the other guys defensively aren't overtaxed and they can do their job, wh- whether it's in the passing lanes or as help defenders or as recovering defenders or whatever it may be, or ro- rotating defenders. So, you know, I think that's where that impact is missed. Um, and yeah. Well, I got to be honest, Derek White, like impressed the hell out of me tonight. Yep. I, that's that's the one thing where I was like, all right, in a playoff series, I could totally see OG Randall Mitch going up against um, Brown, Tatum, and KP, and just like, you know, that kind of being just, I guess, like the, the focal point of the matchup, right? Those those three front court matchups. But I, I was watching Derek White, dude, and I was like, you know, Drew Holiday, fine. Like, he could get his 25 if he wants to. Like, I don't think Drew Holiday – is going to be impacting the games too much if, if we're letting him loose on offense. But Derek White was making some crazy shots today. And, I, like, I've been watching the Celtics all season. I've been following him. But what he did tonight is just, like, dude, deep threes, off the dribble flow game. I was super impressed with him. And that's what I'm most concerned about with the playoffs. I don't know if we can, you know, put Dante on him and be confident that he'll kind of match up well. Jeff, you've joined us. Jeff, your thoughts on tonight's games? Um, hell yeah. Um, I had two takeaways. Like, I always try to look for things that mattered long term, and I feel like with OG and Randall out, it's kind of hard to truly find too much that really mattered. But I found one positive and one negative. The positive that I found is that. Bronson can do whatever he wants, even against Drew and Derek White, which is, that's really impressive. I don't mean that in a throw shade at White and Holiday way. I have a lot of respect for them. Like some of the screens that Holiday was navigating tonight, it was like they weren't even there. He would just skate around them and get back in front of the ball handler. But with how far into drop Porzingis plays, Bronson can just get whatever he wants. And so when they match up, the Celtics are not going to just play straight up against Brunson. They're not, they're not going to let him beat them. And if, if they do, he's going to have a huge series against them if they play. Um, and I assume he's going to force the adjustment of them blitzing Brunson, them trying to get the ball out of his hands. And when that happens, if the Knicks are at full strength, they're set up to beat those or to take advantage of those, um, for lack of a better word, advantages that Brunson creates. I thought that was super evident tonight. I know Brunson's final line, he was 12 of 25, but like 
part of that was just they had nobody else. And when they were blitzing him, he was still taking some shots. The negative that I took away from tonight is that whether the Knicks are healthy or not, the stunt, the the super obsessive guarding of the rim is not going to work against this team. Like it's just, you can't even with OG and Randall back and, and I got yelled at tonight for grouping them together. I'm obviously not grouping Randall with OG as a defender, but Randall is someone you can put on Tatum. He's a better option than anyone the Knicks had tonight on Tatum, anyone, including Josh Hart. So like, yes, he was missed tonight defensively, whether you think he's as good as OG, which he isn't obviously, but I'm, it's not the point. But he's also good as a switch defender too. Like when he gets switched yeah, onto the absolutely, absolutely. But even when healthy, the, the Celtics aren't trying to get the rim. Like so, obsessing over stopping a team that really has no interest in taking a lot of layups from getting layups is playing into their hands because you just can't stunt and recover to try to protect Brunson for forty-eight minutes. Stretches like we saw tonight are inevitable. And this team has five legitimate three-point threats in their starting lineup. And some people might laugh at including Drew Holiday in that. But the Me. Celtics are the Celtics are super smart, and all they do is place Holiday in the corner. He leads the NBA in three-point shooting corner shoot three-point. Excuse me, corner three-point shooting percentage. Like if all he does is shoot open, if all he does is shoot open corner threes, that is not a shot you want to see. So. Look, I think the Knicks will be underdogs, even healthy if they play the Celtics. But I do think there is a path to winning the series. I don't think they're dead. But I think that if they play this standard defense and don't adjust, they're really going to be at the mercy of open three-point shooting variants. And I don't love that outcome for them. Or I don't love how that projects for them because the Celtics just have a ton of good shooters. Well, I do trust leaving Drew Holiday open come playoff time. So there's that. Because he will not fail when it comes to letting people down in the playoffs with the shooting. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's 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 why, like, the Knicks have lost the same way to the Celtics all year. Um, you know, like Jeff said, the over-reliance on the... Like, what what is the, the, the Celtics, like, rim, like take percentage like how like what is their what is their drive percentage and actually like converting layups because it doesn't seem like they're a team that like takes layups or anything like that like they just team they just seem like a team that just spams threes like literally like that's it and it's very it's very hard to beat a team that like it's you know. they spam threes or they get mismatches with kp out of the post that seems to be kind of like how they get shots closer to the rim but, like, Tatum is not, like, unless you give him the opportunity, he's going to get to, like, like a step back. And that's always been, like, kind of Tatum's thing. Like, he's always going to take a certain amount of threes. Same thing with Jalen Brown. It was just we were giving them up this game. And it didn't even work. The Celtics were 31 of 46 from two. Like, so just let, like, just there, there could be gains to taking them out of what they want to do. Like if they're not shooting threes as consistently in rhythm, okay, so they shoot a couple more open twos. That could be a good thing. I don't know. I just – it doesn't seem like giving up a ton of open threes is the way against this team. Um, yeah. I, I think it might be the way against – or if you're a worse team, 
Like if you're the eight seed and you have no chance of beating the Celtics, okay, introduce all the variants you want. Maybe the Celtics will just miss. You know, like I get that, but the Knicks at full strength are a really, really good team. Like they shouldn't be wanting to like up the variance and and thinking that's the way to win. I, I actually think that they can they can hang in there with the Celtics, but if you're obsessively guarding against the rim again against a team that again just doesn't really care about getting to the rim a ton, I don't know. I just that was that was evident tonight. Because here's the thing. People say like, oh, well, these weren't our starters, so like it doesn't matter. This was probably, well, maybe not better, but it's not like they're sacrificing a ton defensively in terms of like overall output. Like this is the whole appeal of this Jalen plus role players guys is like you have guys that are really just going to lock in on defense all the time. So I, I don't think even putting OG on Tatum, like the Celtics don't run a ton of like here, Jason Tatum, here's the ball. You know, that's not what the Celtics do. And that's where OG is going to thrive the most. He's going to take those possessions away from Jason Tatum. But even when you bring OG in, it's not like, okay, he's going to change the Celtics style tremendously. You know, they're just going to move the ball out. They're going to drive and kick and they're going to try to exploit the Knicks over reliance on protecting the rim. Yeah. What what I would say to that is like to, to kind of just liken it to another sport which is going to make people laugh probably. Um, Belichick, right, is, is like, let's say he's playing the Chiefs. Belichick is always going to be talking about how he wants to stop the run. Meanwhile, the Chiefs don't care about running their ball. They want to pass the ball because they have Patrick Mahomes. The Celtics don't give a shit about getting to the rim and taking 100 layups in the game because they want to take 103 pointers. So it's kind of like, just to kind of sum up what Jeff said, like Tibbs, is never going to compromise his philosophy for the opponent. And if we match up with them and that rears its ugly head, I mean, so be it. But, like, at that point, you're just hoping that OG and Anobi makes enough of it. OG and Mitch make enough of an impact to, to negate that. I also just want to say that, like, the Knicks have built a team that it's not unreasonable to say has a chance against. Like, this Boston team is really fucking good. That's it's okay to say that. Like I know this is an exposed game show. It's a huge team in, in basketball. Right. They're the best team in the NBA, almost by far. Like they have by far the best starting five in the NBA. And I think the Knicks, I don't, I'm not gonna say right there with them, but it's not like crazy to be like, oh, like you had Zach Lowe going on a podcast a week ago and being like, is it crazy to imagine the Knicks beating Boston in game seven in Boston? And they were both like, no, like that. That's how good a team this front office and this coaching staff has built. So, like, I'm not getting on here and being like, oh, the Knicks lost this game because Tibbs likes protecting the rim. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying that, like, when you match up against a team this good, you have to win at the margins. You have to win every margin. And I think that's when they're going to lose if they if the status quo remains. That's that's my only point. He has to, he has to be willing to adjust. I mean, we saw last game um... – in the right way versus the Sixers, he adjusted at the end of that game. You know, Tyrese Maxey was killing the Knicks, killing. And he put Deuce in there. And Tyrese Maxey didn't hear his name for the rest of the night, basically, once Deuce got in there. And, you know, that's a credit to Thibs for adjusting and, you know, making sure that we got the win when things looked like they were getting out of hand. 
Um, and, you know, that's something that we hope that he can do in the playoffs. And, you know, to Jeff's point, you know, even with like personnel and like in scheme and style wise defensively, we got to hope that he's willing to do that because like seeing him take out Burks for deuce yesterday, not yesterday, but like the last game was just like eye opening to a lot of fans because like Burks is like one of his favorites. So like for him to do that was like an, an act of God happened. So like, you know, it's going to take like two times that for him to like change what he wants to run defensively. I think, especially in the postseason, because we've seen in the past, like in the, in the postseason, he kind of reverts to like these like very rigid ways of, of doing things, at least defensively and stuff like that. So, um, you know, here's to hoping that, you know, he's willing to to change, especially given that he has, you know, the perfect team built for him this time. Yeah. And I mean, look, there's also <laughs> there's past where the Knicks don't have to play the Celtics. Like it's not crazy for the Knicks to just get the two, three against Cleveland and to beat Cleveland in round two, and then Milwaukee takes care of like Milwaukee can beat Boston. That's not that's not an outrageous thing to happen. Um, no, that isn't. I don't, I don't know with Doc Rivers over there, it's, man. It's Doc Rivers that's, that's and that team, it. they can't. It's Doc, Doc Rivers, man. They can't defend keep, the back. I keep forgetting that Doc is the coach. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the memes the he he creates a new meme every single day, but like he creates a new quote every day. Like this guy is ridiculous. Outrageous. His uh, his peak lying is like worse than LeBron's peak lying. And that's hard. Let's to let's, let's, let's not get carried away. Let's not get carried away here. No, there's only there's only there's only there's there's only one there's only one wild lies. Like he's, yeah, yeah, dude. He hasn't he hasn't like Doc Rivers hasn't reached like I'm reading I'm reading Malcolm X's biography level of lies. <laughs> like he hasn't reached that level. He said of lies that he, yet. he he tried to predict that he like Shea Gilgis Alexander was going to be that guy. Like he tried to say that Tyrese Maxey was an all star when he was benching him in the second half of games. Like. But like, like that's not out as as outrageous. That's not out. That's not as outrageous as LeBron saying that he called Kobe's eighty-one point night, saying (laughs) that he called Jalen Suggs' game winner. To the number, by the way, he's committing hypocrisy. Like the thing about LeBron is like, the thing about LeBron is like. Nobody has told him no for like 20 years. So he just he just yeah. says whatever he wants all the time. And people like he like has people around him who would just always go along with it. Like it would be so hard not to be pathological. Like I, I'm not excusing him, but like after the game last night, he just like look at his quote on Wimby. He's like, I've been saying forever how special this kid is. It's like, dude, you didn't know who he was a year. Like, <laughs> it's like, like he see, just Doc, had- Doc doesn't reach these levels, man. Yeah. Doc is like just now getting to like, you know, like a lying, like, like a, 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 a pattern of it right now. Cause like, it's actually, it's actually, it. it's actually fitting. Like LeBron is the king and Doc, you know, he loses in the second round of the lying playoffs. Like that's what Doc <laughs> <does>. <laughs> It's okay. Doc oh, is learning a game right now. Is that what's happening? He's, yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, I the way the Bucks are playing now, I would not mind matching up with the Bucks. Like honestly, right now, like because, like, I mean, we don't we, we don't know the stats of Chris Middleton. Like, what's up with him? Their team they really, is they, they they really need him. They they need Middleton a lot. They need him bad, and like mm-hmm. the fact that they need a uh, aging. Injury prone at this point in his career, Chris Middleton is concerning for that level of team, at least with the level of team that they're supposed to be. So, 
I would not mind matching up with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how things shake up. With Obviously, the give me the Cavs. If the Cavs are available, give me the. Oh hell yeah! The way the way the way that their fans are, are crying about Karis Levert and Georges Niang right now, it's like yeah, give me. Oh, you thought Georges Niang was gonna be good, dude? Like, come on, Levert <laughs> in that Levert in that Sixers game was so as bad. Someone as someone who totally didn't have dollars on that game. <laughs> oh my! Why would you God. bet? Do you bet Cavs? I did. Why? Oh, Without because Spider, they would have won the game if Karis LeVert could hit. I don't know okay, any open like, three for forty eight minutes. The, like but Darius Garland's not gonna let that bitch fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, oh my god! I, yeah, you got fans clamoring dude, for Darius Garland to be oh, aggressive. It's just like, dude, you've been asking for it for four years. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I think Bro. I think I'm a little bit higher on Garland than you guys. So. He's but a anyway, man. It's okay. <laughs> I was watching. I was watching that game and I took a look at George Niang and I was like, get this guy in some fucking shoulder pads, dude. What the- <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will say, um, you know, again, this is a Knicks post game. So nobody cares about this, but I thought it was really cool how bigger staff rotated the bigs. Like I, I posted that on Twitter yesterday. Like they, they have no chance of doing anything. If Mobley and Allen play extended minutes together. Exactly. I think they, they have no chance. And bigger staff was super, inevitable. He was he was super experiment. Uh, he was experimenting a ton and basically playing them together as infrequently as possible, even shorthand without Mitchell. So like, I still don't think I, I I just don't. I mean Mitchell's great, but I'm not sure what they can do in the playoffs. But if they're gonna do something, it's gonna be with a lot of single big, you know, lineups where they can actually shoot the ball and. Trying to be objective and neutral, I was encouraged they, by that. They are for, actively for admitting it doesn't fucking work. They know it doesn't work. They um, know it doesn't work. It's, cra- it's crazy. It's it's cra- it's crazy to think about. Um, X at this point. It's crazy to think about if the Cavs just included uh, Mobley in the in the Lowry trade. Or, They'd be me, significantly in, better. They'd be instead of Lowry better. Like because and also because Mobley would have been worth more at the time than Lowry, so they would have more picks and Lowry marking in at power forward. Like they would be, they would, they would have been, been crazy. Such, they would yeah, be in such good shape. That would have been a threat to us. That would have yeah. been a threat to us. Yeah, yeah. not They're this like, joke of a team that they are yeah, right now. I just, I'm sorry. Like it's they're gonna have to trade one of them. They're gonna have to trade one of them, and it's gonna be it's gonna be Mobley probably. It's gonna be Mobley. Because you he's don't want to pay him. Aggressive of the two, at least. You don't want to pay him too. Like he's gonna get a fucking max contract. Why would I pay Evan Mobley max money? So the only thing I'll say is, if I was a Cavs fan and they traded Mobley without giving him any like legit long term run at center, that would disgust me. Because the whole point of his him being drafted so high was he was supposed to be like Chet Holmgren, basically. Like obviously he he doesn't have the shot Chet has, but he was supposed to be this like center who could space the floor a little bit, great passer. And they basically have invested zero time into figuring out if that can come to fruition. And I promise you, whatever team trades for him, ain't trading for him to play power forward. And if I was a Cavs fan, I'd be sick to my fucking stomach if I traded Mobley and he just went to some other team and started crushing at center. Which yeah, I the, problem, think- the problem is though, but like, it's, it's Donovan. Like they accelerated yeah. their timeline so fucking hard to the point mm-hmm. where it's like, well, He's not gonna be ready for center minutes for like two years. Like two, yeah. he's like he has not played the center 
So he's not going to be ready for like another like year and a half, two years. And by then it's like, is Donovan even in Cleveland? So that's kind of it. It's like they accelerate their timeline, but then they say out the two big thing. And it's like, if you're going to celebrate your timeline that that you have to choose between one of the bigs, but not my problem. So Re- they're going to end up trading mobile though. Like if they and, trade and again, Allen, like, and, and to, to bring this back to the Knicks, like, let's just, Let's highlight how good a spot the Knicks are in. Like whatever, like whatever happens this year is like they don't have to deal with problems like this. I I feel like there's one sort of question, and and which what's that? Is Julius Randle getting Ju- the Julius, playoffs? Ju- Ju- Julius, oh, Julius yeah, of Randall. course. Yeah, how could I forget? Uh, but the problem is been, like he he's been gone for so long. I forgot that that was the question that we all have. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was like Al Green with the fucking beanie on, by the way. <laughs> And I think that this rest could actually be good for Julius, like in terms of his playoff production. Like, uh, again, assuming he he doesn't need the surgery and he's able to actually come back and be healthy. I think that, I don't know, I, I could see him playing well in the playoffs because Brunson's going to garner more attention. They have more shooting around them with DiVincenzo and OG. Um, Hardenstein, the starting lineup, look, he, he, I'm not acting like he's a three-point shooter. But with his passing and how he moves, he offers more gravity than Mitch does. Yeah. And if Randall's just getting the ball in more advantageous situations because Brunson's garnering more attention, I think he could have a huge playoff run if he's I just need so. 56 true shooting. I'm literally asking for the bare minimum. Just give me 56 true shooting and like 20 points per game. I swear to God, I will legitimately pray for this. 56 true shooting and 20 points a game. I would be disappointed by that outcome. If I'm Dude, honest. it would legitimately be really the best playoff run I've seen since fucking Patrick Ewing. Like, what? <laughs> what about Jalen Brunson last year? I was talking year? about from like yeah. a, big, a Knicks big. Sorry, I should have said from a Knicks uh, big. But like, or like a the, bar, the bar is in hell for like for Knicks yeah, bigs in the yeah. Playoff. The bar is in hell. shit is like Tyson Chandler in 20 whatever, bro. Like Stop it. 13. Don't say. Wait, you mean when Tyson Chandler got like bent over a barrel by Roy Hibbert? That's what I'm saying. That's how that's how low the bar is, bro. Exactly. Oh. Just, okay, fine. Fifty-seven true shooting. I'll I'll bump it up a little bit. But like, what about what about? I mean, I know Sam. I know. Oh God, none of you three were alive. But I was gonna say Larry Johnson in '99. But yeah, you. Three I was just alive. born like several months. I wasn't born that. yet. Nope. God, what the fuck am I doing on this person? <laughs> <laughs> I was born like what? What was that? Like four four or five months right before that? I was I was born. Two months after they lost the finals, so well, I was in fourth grade. Christ. Wow, I still wasn't even. That sounds right. Wow, yeah, must have been <laughs> dude. You guys are literally. You guys are literally. You guys are literally giving me the Kevin Kevin Hart treatment, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's really good memeing by Shane. I'm that's that's super impressive. I like I was I was actually gonna reference that before he typed that. That's amazing. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> that's, oh, man. that's hilarious. <sighs> you know what? If I'm like Don Cheadle, I've lived a good life. You know, that dude's that dude's got that's, it going on. That's true. You live you've lived a long full life, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would aspire to be like Don Cheadle and have people saying "damn" to me, you know. Like it's, <laughs> it's good. Oh shit. man! All right, let's get to some comments, man, because we haven't addressed any of these comments. 
I think we can just end the post game there. I think that was like peak. Uh, <laughs> we did it. We, we, we nailed it. You know. Like, <laughs> oh man. All right. Um. So Jordan Bob he brings up um the three non-shooters lineups. Yeah, that kind of tanked us in the third quarter a little bit. Um, or a lot of it, I want to say, because like while the Celtics are out there, like five out spraying threes, we have like Precious Achua and like Isaiah Hartenstein, and then his first sub after that was freaking Jericho Sims. Like I was, I know we're I know we're shorthanded, but like we traded for guys that can shoot above forty percent from three for a reason, and one of them can play the four. Why not try putting them out there? Like put Precious at the five and put like four. Four spacers, four guys that are going to shoot the ball. Because that defense would legitimately look, give me non-flashbacks. Like, do you want Bojan Bodanovic playing the four? With Bro, I just want someone out? to at least shoot the ball. Tyrese, thing is, the defense wasn't defensing anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree, but like... So you might as well go all out on offense. Uh, like, try to try to match them blow for blow for a little bit at least. I don't oh like... Dude, not... Because, like, Jalen Brunson was, like, struggling for the longest time, like... Get open looks. Like having should, those guys out there would have helped a little bit. Like they, like you can't play all three of Sims, Hardenstein, and Precious against this team. Precious has been awesome. I don't want to reduce his minutes, but like with Hardenstein kind of coming back from injury, just give them all the center minutes and play Hart and Boyan at power forward. I don't give a shit. Like you need, you need better spacing. It's the Celtics are too smart. They're just going to exploit the shit out of that. And they did. Uh, and guess was, what? They, they it didn't help on the rebound. They they got 11 offensive rebounds to our 15. Bro, so, Peyton like, Christian was getting offensive boards. Like, what? Yeah, that, that, one, that one made me sick. That was that, crazy. They got, I mean, like, got, they got 11 quarter. offensive boards, and they got, like, four of them in one possession. So, I mean. That's, the, that's supposed to be us doing that. Yeah. We're supposed to do he that. Looks the, he looks exactly the same as he did cooking kids in eighth grade on those and one mixtapes like 10 years ago. I just, and he's getting offensive rebounds against our big lineups. It's Bro, the thing <sighs> is, my, my cousin's favorite player is Peyton Pritchard. And my cousin's is Why? Son. Is your cousin racist? He might have, <laughs> maybe. Khan's... <laughs> Khan's roughing it up, up up there. If that's the case, Jesus' favorite player is Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, so that's like crazy. Bro, dude. I'm just getting back during the game. Like Peyton Pritchard is like out hustling Josh Hart. Like, hey, your cousin's just like, yeah, fucking Schmooly. Like, yeah, dude. Like, what? <laughs> and I'm just like, please shut the fuck up, dude. Like, stop bro, playing. how is someone's favorite player Peyton Pritchard? That's like so weird. That legitimately feels like a hate crime. During Black History Month is crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> like someone's been blaming Sam Hauser. Like, what? That's actually some Aryan Brotherhood shit. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> if Sam House is your favorite player, I wish you in a wanted list. Bruh. Like, how's Peyton Pritchard your favorite player? That's so random. That's so weird. Like, if you said Drew Holiday, I'd be like, that's disgusting, but I can understand it. Like, two time. <laughs> like, two like time his All-Star. defense or something. Yeah, but like, if your favorite, like, that's like saying your favorite player is Luke Cornette. What the fuck is Luke Cornette got? <laughs> or Bruh, I'm just wait. like, likey white big guys. <laughs> Bro, wait, why did the Celtics trade for Xavier Tillman and Jaden Springer if they're not going to play them like actual minutes? Uh, they needed they needed a black people quota because they wanted to make sure <laughs> black people quota. They're like, hey, look, it's Black History Month. We do love the blacks. <laughs> the blacks. 
And Darren Morey was like, fuck it. I'll help you out for whatever reason. I thought I thought that part of it was weirder, especially with Embiid out. Like Springer had been playing well in Philly. I, yeah, I like the minutes. He, he had a great performance against Steph Curry, like the day right before they traded him. Yeah, or like I, I really so like the minutes he'd been giving them. And like if Embiid's gonna be out the whole season, fuck it, dude. See what you have in that kid. Like I'm not you know, like I'm not saying playing 40 minutes a game, but just giving him away for nothing felt very strange. And then the Grizzlies giving up Tillman. I know, like, Tillman's not the greatest big man, but, like, he provided D- DPM some. <laughs> he, was, he provided some to, sort of what you call it, um, big man depth. Like, they, they have nobody. I mean, they're probably not going to resign him anyway. So, like, they're kind of just like, whatever. I don't know who their center is next year, though. That's kind of my question. Um, I, just know, I just know Tyrese was like. I just know Tyrese was keeled over every time Sam Hauser hit a three. That's like I tweeted about it. I was like, every time that fucking white man shoots, I think it goes in. I'm so fucking annoyed. Sam. Like these random ass white role players always fucking torch this team, and I'm just like, I don't know what we did. Like, what's trading Patrick Ewing? Is this the fucking curse for trading Patrick Ewing that like every white player that like averages some fucking decent percentage from three is just gonna go into the garden and just nuke us. It's okay. it's mind numbing. And we couldn't even <laughs> have Boyan respond to it either. Like Boyan didn't even show up today to respond. We get a white guy and he just fucking turns yeah. into jello. Dante yeah. Dimitri doesn't count. He's half black. But there's, like there's, there's no excuse for, for Bogey to be missing those the open. only person to break the curse was Steve Novak. Otherwise, like we don't have any good white shooters. What about what about what about Kuz? Kuz was sweet. Kuz was not sweet. Dude. Kuz <laughs> was sweet for a seventeen and sixty-five team, man. Yeah, Stop yeah. He was, all he, had. he was all he had. He was all he had. I don't even know how to spell his fucking name. <laughs> I don't either. And somehow, somehow, his last name was like the least ridiculous of his two names. God, I, I call correctly. Like Ron Baker could, wasn't even getting jiggy with him, man. Like this, this team, which is, did he even shoot all from three? Like I'm curious. Yeah, he shot thirty two percent from three. Ass. What about what about Sasha Vujacic? I guess he's not really. Oh my! Oh my god! <laughs> it was only brought him in, and then like MSG kept replaying the the video of him hitting the free throw, like while he was on the Lakers, like every game. I don't know if, if I, I don't know if you remember that. I just remember that because he was so fucking trash, and then they kept playing that shit. Every week. I was like ten. That was like one of my first memories watching the Knicks. One of your first memories watching the Knicks is Sasha Boyachik, and you're still here. Good for you. That is some strength. <laughs> that, that, that is. is you deserve it. No wonder you were able to be an offensive lineman in in your, in your heyday. <laughs> that is some internal strength. Um, yo, shout out, shout out to the broadcast who Jordan Bub brings up in this comment here. Um, three non-shooters, Burke Sweet from we missed the playoffs show up. I don't know what that was supposed to be. Bogey went cold, Celtics went god mode. Broadcast was mostly about the Celtics. Um, with sprinkle of Knicks, Brunson here and there. Doris Burke watched Peyton Pritchard take like a foul to give, and she was like, Oh my Bruh, god. She went off on Peyton Pritchard. I was like, yo, like he just did like the most basic thing ever, and like she just like one on Ew, bouncing on it. I mean, didn't she like? Li- didn't she like literally Two cry minutes. on air on opening night when they call it, when they called fouls on the Celtics? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So and tonight, even when like Brunson got like that foul in the like third quarter at the end of the th- third quarter to get the free throw, she was like, "Are we sure that's a foul?" 
Dude, I, I dude. I was like, what? She said that. I was like, are you a Celtics fan? Dude, like, when have you ever heard some shit like that, bro? When have you ever heard something like that? Bro. On a national broadcast, I mean. Tonight was a Celtics a Celtics podcast. Like, like I, I miss I miss Mark Jackson so much, bro. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought I'd say those that's words. The, this is the first time I think anybody's ever uttered those words. Bro, I will take the holy water. Like, please, dude. I think I think about I think about him during an NBA Finals game saying he would bang LeBron's wife at least like once a week. That is the funniest thing that's ever occurred. I think, like, dude, how did he survive that? I don't understand. Like, how did he keep calling games? He or, was like on ESPN until they decided to cut everyone to pay Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp and. But like that wasn't it. There was something like later they were like, "Yeah, we don't want to keep this guy around." It wasn't when. Yeah, was I like, know he he was Teflon for a long time up until they decided to just like, fire everybody. It wasn't like the you know it wasn't any of the other stuff. It wasn't I'm knock her out of the park. It was we need to give Stephen A. Smith more money. It's fucking crazy. And Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Oh, to older. be fair, it's, they they've been cooking together. I'm not even gonna lie to you. They have. They have. They got good chemistry. I'll give them that. Um, Chris Bernhardt, he says the biggest positive for Hart in these two games is that he's pulling the three without hesitation. That's a, a huge plus. Yeah. It's a great call by Chris. He's been so much more aggressive shooting off the catch. And um, I feel like his decision-making has been crisper for the most part. He had mm-hmm. some turnovers here and there, but, you know, for the most part, he, he for the most part, he looks very decisive in what he's doing um, in terms of, like, he's going to either drive to the rim, he's taking the shot, like it's none of this like hesitation BS that we saw for the greater part yeah. of the first um, part of the season. Yeah. And like, it, it really, to me, it like shines a light on how the eye test can be skewed or slanted or biased because to me, the stuff heart probably does every game, all of the energy stuff and all of the rebounding, the little things that he does that make him special they get louder to me when he's doing the shooting stuff that we want him to do, you know? And like, I don't know if that's correct analysis or it's not, but it's like, it's easier to, to love the whole product when, because shooting is just so important, especially when he's playing small forward, he just can't be out there to not shoot. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I loved what we got from Josh Hart tonight. I thought he played really, I said it on uh, the Strickland Twitter account. I thought he played a really admirable game. Yeah, and you're just hoping that's more of this, you know, especially heading into the playoffs. And as we get closer to full strength, you know, that just makes him that much more valuable as just a simple role guy. His role will be even more simplified than it is right now because I feel like right now we're still over-complicating things for him. Um, And that's just due to the fact of the bodies that we have. Um, Let's see what other comments we have here. Um, Hawkeye for 20 says, watch this game in the past two L's versus the Celtics. I think it's the same all 48 close first half with some defensive issues and then nuclear second half where we get outclassed. And I mean, that's where they just start spamming the threes, um, you know, and that's to what Jeff said earlier about, you know, them, you know, they know what the Knicks want to do defensively and they know how to exploit it. And that's what they just do every single time. And the other, the, the other thing is, and I feel like this will resonate with Khan a lot. Derrick Henry is at his most effective in second halves in the second part of seasons. He just wears people down and destroys them. And then like, you can't, 
tackle Derrick Henry for a whole game. It's just too tiring. Like that, that shit is so hard. It's easier to be crisper with your rotations and your stunts when you have maximum energy in the first half. But after an entire game of doing that, you're going to slip up on rotations. That's just human nature. It's just, it is unreasonable to expect these guys to be this, this perfect at rotating and stunting and recovering for 48 minutes against a team. You have to have another layer to your defense or it's just not going to work. This is why we established the run game. (laughs) (laughs) And the Celtics are already shooting like 45% from three in the first half. And you're thinking to yourself as a Knicks fan, you know, all right, that's not a bad half. We're down four points. I think it was after that heart layup. Um, You know, let's, Let's just hope that they turn it down to like 37% for the rest of the game or something. We'll have a shot. And then from 45, they get better and finish the game at 60. Like that's just stuff that that's essentially telling you the second half, they shot about what 75 ish percent from the field for, I'm sorry, from three. And they finished the game shooting 70% from the field, 60% from three. So they weren't missing inside the arc either. It's like, I hate to boil it down and simplify it to this because there was important basketball play tonight, regardless of if you know you want to take into account health. But they were just hot as hell. And it to me, like that being one and the injuries being two, like it's just what else is there really to to kind of hold against this team? I don't there's nothing else else to say. Con, did you really tweet the Celtics could shoot popcorn kernel into a stripper's asshole? <laughs> what the- that's fucking insane, dude. That's 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 amazing. That's <laughs> like, real. How did you like? What was going how on up there? That? During that, what? what? <laughs> I was I was like, what is like the smallest thing I can think of that I could shoot a stripper's at? asshole? And and what is the smallest thing I can think of that I would shoot it into? <laughs> Where did the stripper's asshole come from? <laughs> the second one. <laughs> I'm. And then I just right. I had like a like a vision of just like myself with a popcorn kernel in my hand, just like bang, right? Just right. Right. We, we, we we've taken this too far. Let's just let's let's backtrack here. <laughs> you could have said the A gap when you're like fucking uh, I don't know. <laughs> but no, you with the fucking stripper's asshole, dude. Dude, uh, dude I went I went to a uh, I went to a, a private school in high school and. Bro, our, our, high football, our, our high school football our high school football coach ran the wishbone like that fuck the wing t and so we would be playing these like public schools with guys three times our size there were no there was nowhere to run and our running back like dude every single running back who was at our school definitely got cte like they were just getting clobbered every single fucking game so like if i was making that joke i would have went there because like dude i just always would laugh like imagine getting handed off the ball and then there's just like five huge guys ready to fuck you up and we're just like down we're just like down 42 to nothing still handing it off still establishing the run it was nuts it was it was like one of the funny i wish i could go back and watch those games that shit was and you're just like slowly watching your classmates die and like nice. the brain away, you know like it was crazy <laughs> they just start dropping like flies the ambulance takes them away one at a time yeah it's like they forget something they, they forget their name the next day in class and it's like oh yeah okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <clears throat> 
Um, JL says he thinks the two, th- the two or three seed dreams are fading away, but I'll take the fourth. Um, I mean, I think OG's coming back. Like what? They said he's gonna he's gonna get evaluated at the end of what this coming week, and he yeah. should be starting on court activities by then if everything is all good. And then and then they said Julius is back. Okay, I I have I have a super important question for you guys. Yes, since we're on the subject of tips, let's say OG comes back Monday. He's not, but let's just say hypothetically, what is the starting lineup? Uh, it would be Precious and OG. So like why? Like I just wanted, I just wanted some positivity, Tyrese, and you just had. So to what? It, it, it's Jalen, Dante, OG, Precious, um, and Hardenstein. Yep. Could it just be? Could it just be Hart? Like I'm not even asking for Boyan. I'm not even asking for like the super spacing lineup. Can it just be Hart? Why can't you it be Hart? Hart at the three and then OG at the four. Honestly, yeah. that again, I forgot he loves Josh Hart. It probably would be Hart. That would I would be so encouraged and happy if, if it was not Josh. OG and Hart at the three and the four, I'd be shocked beyond belief. Yeah, that means that he's falling in love with Precious. Shocked? I'd be shocked if Josh Hart and OG are not starting together. Because means- what uh, what odds would you lay me right here on the air? What odds could I get? Shocked. Remember, you'd be shocked. Would I you mean, lay plus? A, would you lay plus a thousand? I think a thousand. Yeah. Okay, you want to do my ten bucks to your hundred? First game, OG's back. I got Precious in the starting lineup. You got Josh Hart. Assuming he's else? back before Randall? Yeah, assuming he's back before Randall. I, yeah, I would take those odds. I think. Okay. I, okay, that means that he's fallen in love with Precious, and that's a problem. <laughs> so, wait, are we booked too, Tyrese? Yeah, like, I would. I think it would be Hart and OG. I think he's played OG at the four. Yeah, no, me. I need crazier odds than that. Yeah, yeah. We put it like a five parlay thing on, like you know, OG's in precious over twenty minutes, heart under thirty-seven. Like then, you then don't even like, have to do that, Con. I, I, I gotta do. I, is I just need like, crazy odds, Con. Just do like O or just do uh precious to start and the links to win the WNBA finals and give him like plus twenty thousand. Why the links <laughs> there you go like that's that give give sam that parlay and he's in <laughs> five on it to win what five on it to win what yeah five to win like a thousand you know like dude that would be the funniest thing ever sam I mean, I mean, the, wait did I, is that a real team or did i make up a w that's a real that's team, a real right? team the Minnesota Lynx. sam's the world's biggest Lynx fan next year that'd be the funniest thing ever <laughs> and then they don't win it and he posts the parlay and he's like what the fuck, guys? Yeah, yeah, he's like freaking out. He's like, God damn, bad beat. I lose. These guys never they they sell for me every week. <laughs> uh, I think this oh, is our man. best show yet, guys. We're we're <laughs> Oh man, um, JL says watching Brooks is dead. It's uncomfortable right now. I don't trust him to do anything positive. I think he's just being overextended, and I think Dibs is just like still being overly reliant on. Um, him as a point guard somehow, like in the lineups where he's out there with Deuce, he still has them like initiating offense. Um, it's very bizarre. I'm hoping Thibs snaps out of it, but knowing how he feels about Burks, um, besides the Sixers game, it's very discouraging. I would say. I mean, it's just look at look at this game. Like he just doesn't trust Deuce, and it's it's honestly infuriating. So Burks played three more minutes than Deuce. He took four more shots. He scored four fewer points. 
He was minus 13 to Deuce's plus four. He somehow had one less assist. And by one less, I mean Deuce had one. Like, god damn it. All right, next question. Like, it's just so... I, I actually think if this keeps up any longer, Deuce should be the ninth man in the rotation. And Berkeley I mean, shouldn't be in it. There's something to be said about Deuce just comes into the series against Cleveland, handles Garland and, and Spida, mm-hmm. comes in tonight, you know, makes his presence felt. The last mm-hmm. game against Philly handles yeah. Tyrese Maxey. Like, there's there's not a lot more to that that the kid has to prove to me, man. Like, he's even shooting 40% from three, and the threes are getting harder every game he plays. Forget trusting him as an initiator. He can just play off Jalen too. Like even even if you want want someone else to start the offense, whether that's Boyan or Josh Hart, like Deuce can be a spacer. You have to respect his gravity at this point. He's I'm not gonna say clearly, but like the shooting does seem legit. Even if it's not forty percent, it could be 35, 36. He's starting and to he's, drive more too. Yeah, he's starting to he's starting to score inside the arc better. He he, he hit a pull he up to be out there. Yeah, he, he deserves to be out there. Um, and I didn't get why – like, I got why Tibbs wanted to keep Brunson out there because that was a turning point in the game. I got that. Um, but Deuce could have just been next to him. That would have been fine. Didn't have to be Burks. Deuce, Deuce is better on – right now he's better on both ends. Um, Man, we are running into the same problems we ran into a couple <laughs> years ago. Burks versus IQ, man. We're doing it again. The remix – Burks versus Deuce. We just can't I'm escape a, it. It's I'm ridiculous. A, I'm a big fan of Burks too, but it's just like, bro. I His role know. has to be simple. Bro, beyond that, if you tracked his passes, I guarantee you his like shot to pass ratio is like three to one. It's fucking nuts. Anytime he touches the ball, you could pretty much like just start running down to the other side of the court. I like I like the idea of Khan and his cousin arguing about who's better between Alec Burks and Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> I'm not even arguing, bro. It's Peyton Pritchard. Like, oh fuck, man. No, your yeah. racist is better. No, your racist is better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, your racist is better. Hey, but I will go to war for Deuce McBride over Peyton Pritchard, though. That's not even a conversation. To me. Thank you for being an ally. <laughs> <laughs> My brother. Hey, I think, hey, guys, hey guys I, th- I think we just solved racism. I think we did it. You know, Con is the Cody Rose of the fucking Strickland. <laughs> S- Sam, you remember that in like in Superstore when they have like the ten minute conversation about feminism? Yes. And at the end, G- G- Garrett's just like, "Congrats, guys! I think we just solved feminism." <laughs> Bro, that show was amazing. I love that show. Yeah. Oh, really oh my so god. Good. Um. All right. So Jordan Bob says for Thibodeau, look at Doc Rivers and Monty Williams in the playoffs. When they didn't adjust, they got fired. Do you think if Thibs gets fired, he gets another chance anywhere else? Man, we were just talking about this on the last post game. We were talking about like how Doc just just finds a way to get jobs everywhere else. Um. Even when he didn't want a job, he was telling the Bucks, he was like, "Why are you doing this?" <laughs> He's like, why are you doing this? Please don't do this to me. I really, I really, I really hope it actually went down this way. Like Doc's like in a meeting and he's like, what are you guys doing? And they're just like, like we need you. We need I, you, Doc. I, I hope he was like sobbing, saying, like, why are you doing this? Like, like I don't want to start the please let me go home. Dude, I had fucking Pistons Magic on tonight. 
And I swear to God, Monty is not even soft quitting. He's loud, like loud, loud quitting. So they had for like they had for like eight minutes both Ivy and Kate on the bench at the same time. All right, like that's we're already failing. And then at the end of the fourth, in the middle of the fourth quarter or whatever, they're making a run. They get Ivy and Cade back in. And he's like, all right, we need someone to play off them. And he keeps Fournier in over Grimes. I actually thought that Detroit Pistons Twitter was about to have fucking aneurysm. Like, I saw some of the funniest tweets I've ever seen. I didn't see anything as crazy as, like, should we kill all the players to get that rule? <laughs> you know, like, I didn't see that. But, dude, Pistons fans were losing their mind. Bro, the funniest one was the one where they said they should just start punching players. And yeah. somehow, <laughs> Isaiah Stewart found that probably and took it serious and punched <laughs> Drew Eubanks before they even stepped onto a basketball court. God, people are just so much funnier than I am. That's so fucking good. Like, should we just start beating the shit out of players? <laughs> did, did, like, anybody find out what, like, did Drew Eubanks say shit to him or no? Like, bro, nobody knows. Nobody has any idea what happened. They just know Isaiah Stewart dropped his bags and snuffed Drew Eubanks in the face. Honestly, I don't think Isaiah Stewart even knows. Like, he's just like, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't like the, the cut of his jib, you know? He's, he's just like, like, I fucking hate your new bag. <laughs> they fucking had him in the fucking interview room. He was, they were like, why'd you do this? He's like, fuck, wait, I did that shit? Like, <laughs> Well, that's Is like that uh, the, the the Ron Artest story after they got the season long suspensions. Like he's like after the brawl, the mouse in the palace or whatever. Apparently, in the locker room after it happened, Artest's like, "Shit, man, you think I'm gonna get in trouble?" Fucking <laughs> 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 <Something> amazing. <laughs> that's how you know he's really insane. Like that's how you know he's legitimately insane. I, mean, I, think, Isaiah insane three times. Yeah. I think Isaiah Stewart is of that ilk. <laughs> <laughs> bro let me tell you i think isaiah stewart would do better rushing the passer than he would oh hell yeah he's meant for Absolutely. football did y'all see that clip of him running towards lebron a couple years yeah. ago oh, dude i was i was looking at that and i was like if, if this guy has never played football in his life that's some of the best beginner technique i've ever seen bro that was a three code drill that he ran like that made no fucking sense i, I, I was like up swim swim move into the rip into the long arm like dude Come to East Bro, he's away for the Detroit Lions. They could have used him. They could have used him. It's a lot of fucking noise, bro. Dude, I bet LeBron was... I bet LeBron was... Shook? <laughs> yeah, yeah, shook, shook. That's one word to say. Like, holy shit, you see that dude running at you. And you're bro, with a his, bloody face, too? His, face his is last like, line of defense with Russell Westbrook with his fists up. Like, yeah, he <laughs> shook, too. <laughs> Yo... Oh man, I bet um, LeBron has. I bet LeBron has somebody courtside each game, waiting to like take take a take a shot for him. You know, like, no, no, definitely not Savannah. Just like no, I bet there's like a fill in guy if anything ever happens. Somebody's waiting. I wish Shannon Sharp that one game versus the Grizzlies. That was so funny. <laughs> I forgot Shannon Sharp was going to war with him. <laughs> um, but no, to this question though, do we think Thibs gets another chance anywhere else after this? Because like he's not getting fired. fired. He's not. He's not getting fired. So there's this like. But if he were to, Detroit, I don't think. <laughs> Detroit. Okay. Detroit. He's still only like sixty-five, so probably. Christ, dude! If I was like the Hornets, I would fucking run to give Tibbs a job. Honestly, they already have Tibbs. They have like Tibbs minus, bro. <laughs> Tibbs minus. <laughs> <laughs> 
Steve Clifford is like so fucking done over there. Bro, he hates them. He yeah, hates them. his rea- his reaction he, to that he, was so good. he was just like, they what just the play fuck? Young boy NBA. The way George Carl tweets about Melo is like Steve Clifford will tweet like that about the entire roster once he's out of there. He did a tweet about fucking. He's tweeting about Lamelo like that all the time. I guarantee Dude, it. Somebody Melo has quit on that team, bro. He's done. Somebody, somebody posted in response to the video of the Hornets fight. Somebody just posted a picture of Grant Williams in his interview with Taylor Rooks smiling. <laughs> and I was laughing for like five minutes. <laughs> Yo. Oh, Bro, so why did Grant cool. Williams insert himself there? He's such a dweeb. <laughs> such a good, that's such a he's good word. He's a locker room leader. <laughs> Bruh, Hornets fans, they were going to war on Twitter for Grant Williams after that scuffle, man. They were going to war for him. All 15 of them? <laughs> yes, all 15 of them. Bro, they haven't even, like, even taken him out to lunch yet, dude. He's been there for like a week and a half. <laughs> you don't understand they're locked in. <laughs> for, uh... I was but nah, nah, do we think Brooks has, has to get the loser stench off of him? Like, the Detroit yes. loser stench? <laughs> yeah, no, he, He's got the Monty Williams juice on him. He's Monty pilled. He'll be fine. <laughs> You're the first person ever to say that. He's got the Monty Williams juice on him. Pause. <laughs> Pause. Yeah, <laughs> that's no good. Christ. Some crazy but stuff nah. is happening up in Detroit. <laughs> well, Monty, you get. <laughs> no, but I meant to say is that, that you video know, like... getting water sprayed on him. <laughs> <laughs> But nah, like Burks, like he definitely has like the loser tendency still. Like he has that shot selection, like that's insane. That only Monty Williams would allow him to get away with in yeah. Detroit. Somebody, somebody, hand him a towel so he can get that juice off. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man! Let's just end the show. Oh man! <laughs> All right. Um. Okay, we're twenty-seven. There's thirty-four of you guys now. Make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe. <clears throat> Um, I think we'll end here. Chris Bernhardt says, be careful. Sam's putting money on hockey now. Here's the tip for me. Put the over on Igor Shesterkin saves and Adam Fox points. PowerPoint. Power betting, betting on hockey is going to be like real degenerate shit. Bro, I won a grand over on hockey the other of day. Of course you did. I know people who bet on like fucking CSGO, dude. It's not even close to the worst thing. CSGO? <laughs> Yeah, there's people that bet on esports, so... Be- betting on a bunch of Eastern Europeans to fucking hit buttons is nuts. Bro, CSGO, fucking Korean baseball, like... I haven't reached those levels. It gets real bad. Sam's not even halfway no down. Shit. There. He's <laughs> Give Sam that. one boring-ass day in July, and I swear to God, he's going to be betting on the wild... He's going to be betting on cricket. Bro, July, what is there, like, baseball, right? Yeah. No, you'll bet on cricket. Exactly. Fucking... Oh, the Olympics are this year? You're going crazy. Oh, these Olympic same game parlays. You're betting they allow on me to. You're betting on long jump over under. Nah, I'm betting on basketball. <laughs> no, I'm sticking you're to betting... my sports. I'm, I'm betting on when, when you start betting on figure skating, that's what I know you're going down the fucking rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju- I just found this out back when I was playing in high school. There was action on the high school football games I was playing in. I, mm-hmm. I had no fucking clue. <laughs> And that was crazy to me because okay, Sam, when you start betting on horses, I'm not betting on horses, dog. I'm betting yeah. on like actual sports. <laughs> but what if you join a betting on horses Discord? Nah, 
bro, I'm yeah. not joining that. I have no interest in betting on horses. Are you gonna I, bet on like synchronous not my interest. No, I only bet on things I'm interested in. I'm interested in hockey, like when there's playoffs, but like now, like you know, when during the all star break, I was like, let me dabble. You would have been you would have been cooking with Prime Michael Phelps. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> The Bro, his, odds, crazy. his odds would have been doo-doo anyways. He was no, like, always a about... favorite. No, he would have been like, like minus 750 in like most of those races. No, but like you would have like them four by four relays, you would have been like, all right, I trust the Jamaicans. <laughs> the Jamaicans on the Bob Sutton team, no, they, those would those would have been fired. No, those odds Bro, again. They... Go cool running, so he would have it would have cleaned out like fucking bro. I'm telling you, like you cannot bet on favorites in these things. The odds would have been doo-doo. Tyrese, um, Tyrese, what are the odds on a Drew McIntyre to beat Seth Rollins? I, I mean. uh, minus 5,000. Really? Okay. Dude, that shit is... Yeah, he's absolutely losing that. Drew's hot as fuck right now. All right, you could have just hit over. Okay. His act is hot as fuck right now. It's still bad. Okay, whatever. He's winning the fucking title. Thank God. Thank God we're free of Seth Rollins. Everyone's just... Everyone's rooting for... Roman to go over again, okay. right? Like that. Stop, stop, stop it. Look, I'm just. That would legitimately be one of the funniest things to ever occur. Like, I need a, I need a fucking prop for Stone Cold. That's what I need. Give me like a Stone Cold prop, and I swear to God, I would take the fucking over. Like over 0.5 Stone Cold appearances, I would take the over. Oh, okay. Now I got you. Yeah. What I what I really would fuck with is if The Rock is trying to get in there, like trying to interfere in the match and then and then the stone cold pop hits that would be that would be awesome like give me a prop for like finishers hit during that match that'd be fire like prop on like spears like 2.5 spears what about a run like what about like a over 28.5 minute runtime oh that shit is going over it's a roman reigns match 28.5 is high though dude roman reigns matches are like 35 minutes of melodrama it's like all it's like fucking time of our lives in wrestling. <laughs> and I love it. I watch that shit religiously. You guys are too young for this, but like some of the best WrestleMania props back in the day were betting the over on the Undertaker's entrance. <laughs> <laughs> love, that. love that shit, dude. You just you would take like 20 minutes to get to the ring. It was crazy. It was like some of the freest money there was. That's wow. Uh, all right. I I'm think, not putting up that comment, Shane. You you need Jesus. All right. I think that's it. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to end here. Next game is who against what? The, the Pistons on Monday. Pistons versus my. Wow. Okay. All right, I know that, should be a, that should be a win, right? Like, if we lose that game, or like if that game's even like Grimes to be competitive. Head, I need, we need to bash in Grimes' skull. I'm sorry. All right. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we need to play a fucking bongos on his acne. Bro, but like not nah, like there like there's there should be no reason why this game is close tomorrow, right? I mean not tomorrow, but on Monday, right? I mean the, the, the Pistons have been competitive lately, like even today versus the um the magic, but like we should handle business versus them. Like I I, I don't have any doubts that we handle it. I mean like Monty's playing like what a 12 man rotation at this point. <laughs> like he's Dude. insane. I was like, yeah, I said it earlier. That was an infuriating game to watch from the Pistons' perspective. Dude, they were running offense through Malachi Flynn with both Ivy and Cade on the bench. I was just like, what is the what? What are they gaining here? Like, if would Monty have an answer? Like, what is the point of this? What? What? Come, Robbie. 
<laughs> bro, at this they point, like, I don't like, I don't even know, like, like, I don't even, I don't, I can't even comprehend, like, what's going on in Detroit. Like, these, these, these teams got to believe these coaches when they say they don't want to coach anymore or they're done coaching for the year. There's crack going on in Detroit. <laughs> because the Pistons <laughs> and the Bucks both hired coaches that do not want to coach currently. And we're seeing the result of it. And it should be easy to fire Monty. Apparently he's spreading his juice everywhere. Like all you gotta do is just all right. as a... <laughs> he's heaving right. the thing. Yeah, sorry. Bro, the Bucks gave Doc Rivers $40 million. Yes, for three, bro. Over three years. Yes, they're giving like they're giving out free money. Can they give me some free money? I will coach the Bucks and do the same thing that Doc is doing right now. Stand on the bench, stand on the bench with my hands in my pockets. And lose my voice. <laughs> And be a black guy. Like, I can do that. I can do that. I trust you. Trust me, Milwaukee. I can do that. I can be the black guy that stands with his hands in his pockets on the sideline and let them do whatever they want. So they're paying Mike Budenholzer $8 million this year. And Adrian Griffin. And then let me look up Adrian Griffin's contract. They're paying Griffin $4 million a year. And so they were like... That's racist. So they were like, all right, let's just give 10 to... Doc Rivers. We just out here paying black people. <laughs> like, yo, let me go down to Milwaukee and give them my resume. For real. <laughs> Since they just hiring anybody. $22 million for Doc Rivers to coach your basketball team is not great. Bro. When you're going to fire him next year, too, is not. Bro, they're going to fire him and they're going to, like, fucking pay four coaches. <sighs> four, bro. Four. Gonna, like, they're going to, like, bring in. Bring back Bud. <laughs> Imagine bringing back Bud. Hey, bro, you got like that. two. You got two years of this contract left. You you trying to you trying to tap in? <laughs> Dude, firing Budenholzer was such a joke. By the way, like I'm not like super high on Budenholzer, but yeah, me neither. But yeah. Oh, was, oh, sorry, sorry. Giannis got hurt, and they literally ran into <laughs> Satan's magic. Like, okay, did and did nobody watch those Heat games? Bro, literally, Butler, Butler made a game tying shot from the floor. Like what? Oh, yeah, if we had a better coach, that wouldn't have happened. Fuck out of here, dude. Oh, like Brett Brown is like totally going to be their their coach after they fire Doctor. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> like it's going to be some dude like Brett Brown. They gave him like he was like grandfathered in for putting up with the tanking, and then like they finally got good, and he was just oh man, he was so overmatched. nice guy though. Nice guy, probably. Oh I would man. <laughs> Um, all right, I think we're gonna end things here. Um, shout out to everyone that tuned in. Make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. Um, make sure you guys also check out all the links in the description. We got links to the site, merch. Make sure you guys check out the site. We got lots of brand new <clears throat> pieces out, including a piece on the All Star Weekend. Shout out to Zach and Vivek. We got a piece by Miranda on Sabrina Unescu and Kenny Smith's terrible ta- thoughts. Um, so definitely check that out. We got links to the merch. Um, we got links to the Patreon. Make sure you guys get in on the Patreon. It's another way to support us and a way to get in on the Discord where all of us are there. Um, and we interact occasionally. At least I try to occasionally. Um, but yeah. And we also got links to the Twitter. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and make sure you follow us on Instagram. I did not forget this time. Um, we'll catch you guys after the game on Monday versus the Pistons. Hopefully the Knicks take care of business and this game is not something that we have to sweat. Um, and we'll catch you all then. 
Everyone enjoy your Sunday. Peace out. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.